0: Hi, I'm Rui Branco, welcome to Talking Work, a podcast brought to you by the Future Labs Project. Talking Work is a series of 15 podcast interviews to work experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in work, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people researching on use trends or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can news workers shake up, upgrade and innovate on their daily work.
1: Welcome, guys. So, vulnerability. Today we are talking with Dani Coray about it, about how we feel vulnerable at times, how we hide it or we choose to share it. And how can we help our young people, the young people we work with, to be in touch with their vulnerable sides in a positive way, in a constructive way? And how can we help them actually share those vulnerabilities, those fragilities with others and learn to see value on these traits that maybe they don't appreciate or they think society doesn't appreciate about themselves? So the topic was vulnerability We talked about how you can use it in your daily youth work, how Danny uses it in the work he does with youth workers and young people, with children in schools, how it's all connected with courage, with trust, with empathy. And it was very, very inspiring, made me think a lot about my own vulnerabilities. So I hope it brings you a lot of good reflections too. Let's talk youth work. Hi, Danny. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to our little show here. And uh, today we invited Danny, and we wanted to talk about vulnerability. But before that, Danny, wh- how did you get involved in youth work? How did it happen for you?
2: Yeah, so my name is uh, Dani Koray and I'm a quite young, uh, 31 years old uh, trainer, just beginning. And I think my first involvement with youth work was that I... Um, participated in a youth exchange when I was 14 and when I I was 15, Uh, this was an international youth exchange, uh, out of European context, so it was with uh, Colombia, Uruguay, Spain and the Netherlands.
1: Nice, because because you're you're from the Netherlands and you are at this moment in the Netherlands, yeah?
2: Yes, I am in the Netherlands and I'm from the Netherlands. (laughs) And uh, so I did this youth exchange when I was 14. And um, there were several. The Colombian group was connected to an organization with uh, street children and um and uh, a kind of an orphanage or crisis uh, center. Uh-huh. So it was for me really interesting to see at this age of fourteen, when I was still struggling with everyday Dutch uh, puberty problems, to see other young people from other parts of the world in their situation and also some. Yeah, interesting or extreme situations, even people who lost their parents or were at my age already living on the streets for a few years. Mm-hmm. So this was something which which really interested me in learning more about other young people. Yeah. So just okay. to learn about the different situations. And then I did a, a forestry and nature management study, so nothing to do with youth work. And um, I think when I was... 27, uh, I attended my first training course mm-hmm. for youth workers and it's uh, exactly at this time. It was 2014, I think uh, was also the moment when I finished my forestry education and Where I when I started to help uh, at my old university to set up set up a Center for Entrepreneurship for students okay. so, so in a way in this informal way, this was my first uh, moment of working with other young people and really helping them to think of business ideas. And there's some parts involved in maybe looking at different, uh, learning styles or learning ways which they have to get new skills for their business idea. And in this way, yes, I helped set up this, this like program project to really, um, like on a peer level, let students, and I was just, just, just finished so I was just a little bit older than the rest but really on a peer level help each other develop ideas okay. and um, after this training course where I was in the Czech Republic I, I got really interested in this trainer part of youth work as well mm-hmm. since I, I really like philosophy I have some ideas about how learning works and about learning environments which really interests me and then I saw hey in this trainer sector I can, I can work with it. And, and my personal passion is using nature in this field as well to connect it to your youth work to see how the environment of nature or setting with nature can help, uh, young people develop themselves or learn new skills or find a new attitude. Mm -hmm. So this is the way I, I rolled into this work. And, um, like active youth work in an organization is something I have not done. Yet, so I was more connected, more in an informal way than within an organization.
1: Right. Okay. Mhm. And I got to know you over the last year, and um, I saw you have a strong passion for the topic of vulnerability. Where where did you get this from? Where did vulnerability became an issue for you in your in your life personally?
2: Well, personally, I think uh, it was since since before I was 14, this youth exchange already. Uh, for me, it's uh, I'm I'm quite a, quite of a introvert person, introspective, and um, I think in this way that you're yeah you can be a lot, a lot thinking about yourself if you're doing things in the right way, how you're perceived by peers at this moment. So this is where for me thinking about vulnerability started. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I'm quite as a, as a as a young person, I was quite quite sensitive also mm-hmm. and, and uh, empathic. So this leads you to think a lot about how do I deal in certain ways, but also if you meet other young people who are maybe a little bit harder in their emotions or in their judgment that actually that I noticed that it really affected me sometimes what they said or, and I was really interested in why, why do I react in this way? Why does it cause something in me? What, what, what resonates in me? So this was the first moments that I felt as, as a young person vulnerable
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, I think because of my, because of the empathy and this, this introspective, uh, I started talking with a lot of other young people also about what, what are they facing? What are challenges for them? And I think in a way, I, I become some peer mentor for, for some young people as well. So then I started realizing, Hey, this, this thing which we call vulnerability and which we see mostly as a negative aspect, uh, aspect in ourselves has some really empowering elements. Into it, if you look at what causes it and what what is the strength which lies beneath it, and how can I use it mm-hmm. so for me, it started out as experiencing it also as a, a negative concept, and finally, through the years, led me to believe that it can be a really empowering concept if you use it in a certain way
1: uh-huh so if I understand well, you felt it in the beginning as a fragility of yours, so something that um it was just part of who you are, uh, being a bit sensitive to what what other people say, how they say it, how they put it, how they judge, etc. And and slowly it got you in a position that by talking with others, you ended up helping others ab- about this. Yeah. So that's one of the strengths of, of it, I guess. No.
2: This is this is this is a, yes, this is one of the strengths of it, and I think it's also connected to. Um, that a lot of the times the things which you see as your own weakness mm-hmm. uh, is also part of what makes you authentic. And if you realize this and if you can accept it also as a part of yourself, I think this acceptance can be really interesting of certain, which we normally see as negative traits. Um, because this acceptance means that you are also allow yourself to work on it and to work with it instead of trying to... Uh, um,
1: Cover it up or okay. yeah
2: to cover it up or to even uh, not uh, not acknowledge it as a as a trait of yourself, and yeah then also to this authenticity is something which people also really respect mm-hmm. in persons or which makes you i don't know it makes you also more trustworthy mm-hmm. so also in in working relationships um, if you get to show your authenticity and really use it as a strength, even if you see it as a weakness, really gives people a, lo- a lot of trust
0: mm-hmm. in you. I have one question. Can you um, show your uh, the things that you consider yourself to be vulnerable without accept- accepting them first, or you have to accept them, then you can show them?
2: That's a good question. Um, I personally would say that you have to I don't know if it has to be pure acceptance, but at least acknowledgement, mm-hmm. because as long as you don't acknowledge these traits, it's really difficult to actually also see the power in it and start working with it. If you say something, well, this is not part of me, then it's also really quite difficult to to get to work with it. Um, acceptance is something which comes, I think, in the process of working with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you come familiar with it... Uh, I mean, in a way, if you start working with it, I think there's a lot of chances that certain things will not work out in the first instance. So let's say that if you are really highly sensitive and you try to work with it, you will probably end up in a few situations in which you get overstimulated or which are just too hard for you. But in this way, you also find out where your limit is and you can start finding situations in which you maybe begin lightly or... Yeah, try to get used to it. So in this way, and I think in, in then when working with it, the, the, the acceptance can come,
0: yeah.
2: and then yeah. the acceptance becomes the em- comes the empowerment. I yeah, think.
0: But sometimes the acknowledgement brings self-criticism. For example, uh, uh, I acknowledge that, for example, I'm too reactive. Then, I, oh, you're so reactive. Why are you that, that way? And y- you see what I mean in this line of thinking.
1: That some people yeah. they become sell, they become angry with themselves yeah. because of that trait after they acknowledge it.
0: Yeah. Yes, this this
2: this is an interesting fact, but it's also that uh, I think the, how you are using it is still looking at a, a negative concept of yourself because you could also say that, that this reactiveness means that you are quite flexible, that in moments in which you have to think fast, yeah, and have to react immediately, that you're a sharp person. So so it can also already help to to switch it from a negative aspect to a positive aspect to really look at okay in what situations is this uh helpful yeah. and and it's also i think part of uh, how you, how we use it in language because overreaction is already this negative connotation even though it's part of i think yeah as i said being flexible or being fast or being impulsive in a good way
1: right right it's kind of helped with it and it's interesting because i think from from hearing you, it makes me think that uh, I was uh, the question I had in my mind was actually, so what are the traits that we feel vulnerable with? What, what are these traits that make us feel vulnerable? And I don't know, but suddenly I thought, like, well, actually any trait can make a person feel vulnerable. It doesn't matter if like I'm super intelligent, well, that, that can make somebody feel vulnerable, or I'm really brave and that can make me feel vulnerable. So do you have a take on this? What are the traits people have that make them feel vulnerable? Can be anything or are there common ones?
2: Um, I think it can be every, everything mm. because every, every trait or characteristic in a certain, a certain situation can be unwanted or have a negative effect. Right. So, so I think every characteristic or every trait has certain situations in which it's super useful and helpful and situations in which it can, can work against you. Mm-hmm. But looking at a lot of things, um, I think one thing has to do, one, one trait which I see commonly and especially also with a lot of young people is this, this perfection which they have. I see this really as a vulnerable trait. Um, Which also causes a lot of issues for them or, or can lead to serious problems Mm -hmm. in the, in the way that, um, I think society pressures young people, but everybody a lot to be perfectionist and to really achieve the maximum possible. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really a trait where a lot of people feel vulnerable because they, they see a certain standard. Which is set there by society and they have the idea that they immediately fail by reaching this, this standard. So, so this is something I see a lot with, with the young people.
1: That they don't meet the standards that they impose themselves or that society imposes to yeah. them.
2: Yeah. And then sometimes uh, it's difficult to find out if it's really society imposing it or if it's you yourself imposing it because you project mm-hmm. society to it, but. Yes, uh, this this is, this is an interesting topic in which I see a lot of young people struggling. Okay,
1: uh
0: huh. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of talk in our days about vulner- vulnerability, but um, isn't it common to see uh, a lot of people to think that it's a weakness and not a strength?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. It is, it's I think mostly it is still seen as a really negative aspect, and it's also part of the word. Um, it's really being used as uh, something or somebody which is not able to pr- protect itself. This mm-hmm. is if you have a vulnerable computer system or a vulnerable database, then it's something which is prone to attack or not able to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. So yes, in a lot of the times it's really used negatively. And But also if you look at youth work, we still speak about vulnerable groups of young people as if for sure, there are all groups of young people who, are not, who cannot care for themselves or who need additional help or lack, lack in something. So even within the youth field or the Erasmus Plus field, it's still used also as a negative concept. Yeah.
1: Right. And when did you start seeing it as a positive uh, concept to work with young people? I mean, you talked about your personal story, but when did you start looking at it as an approach to the work uh, that youth workers do with young people?
2: Uh, I think it began for me also with, uh, after my first training course, I got by one of the trainers recommended to watch the TED Talk from B'nai Brown, Mm -hmm. who does a lot of work on the topic of vulnerability and really the empowerment of vulnerability. And um, this got me really interested in thinking about it. And I already also read some books of her, Mm -hmm. which really helped me both in professional life and personal life also. And I think one other thing was actually... The first training course, which I organized as a trainer myself, Mm -hmm. um, in which for the first time as an introvert person, I had to stand there for a group of 28 participants and take the lead and introduce myself and start this training course. And then at that moment, I felt really vulnerable. And um, yes, after reading the books, I just learned this is something... If you don't put it too negatively, you can just put on the table. So this is how I started this training course by saying that I was really nervous because it was my first instant international training course. And it that already worked. Because you saw the group dynamic changing and also maybe even some relief with participants. Because you have video or what? There is a, some identification and also it it, I think it immediately changes the power relationship that you have as a trainer with participants or as a youth worker with youth. Yeah. Uh, really opening up yourself and also being al- allowing yourself to to show some of your authenticity or things you struggle with immediately gives space for deeper connection
0: mm-hmm.
2: and also, as I said, you can really get this 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 power relationship, this hierarchy, a little bit out.
0: Yeah. It isn't uh, vulnerability? Al- uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, a lack of connection, because uh, I think that the problem is that uh, th- from a lot of time, people were educated to be self-made men or to stand up for themselves. And we started losing connection with other people and we started to see that we are the weak ones. The other ones must have their uh, their lives all figured out. So I'm the one that it's flawed. And yeah. open, opening up my flaws will... Uh, promote that the other one the other people open their flaws isn't it
2: yeah well i, I don't for myself i don't know if, if vulnerability is a lack of connection but for sure it, it's it has a really strong link with each other mm-hmm. and um i think this could the connection comes afterwards or at least easier afterwards um, just because you you give this open space and show something really of yourself Yes, in a way you invite other people to do the same thing. Right. Uh, invulnerability is also still that it's taking a risk. Yeah, that's what it is. If you open yourself up, there's, there's always this risk of the other person not opening up, or we see the risk of the other person taking abuse of, yeah, that's what we are, a lot of the times we are afraid for, that some, now the other person knows some weakness of us and they will exploit it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what you see a lot of the times that for the other person, it's actually really a relief. That I actually see something, hey, this person also struggles with things. And my, my personal experience is that instead of somebody taking advantage of this, most of the times it leads to a deep connection quite immediately.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And also the person opening up. So, so it really gives gives space for proper deep connection.
1: So, so I guess this would be something that youth workers who want to um, help young people put their defenses down to have them more open to learn and to share their their own fears and their own experiences and to uh, to find support in youth work because that's what we're there for as youth workers i guess that's a good advice no That, that one of the first things that you can do when you are aware of these positive qualities of vulnerability is to allow yourself to show your own vulnerabilities as a youth worker
2: I think I think this is really interesting. Yeah, in really interesting way to approach youth work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and one thing which I normally see a lot in in youth work, if you look at uh, young people really connecting to the youth worker, it has to do with that they have to have some common ground, and vulnerability can be a strong aspect for this. Right. What I see also in the Netherlands is, for for instance, uh, the street coaches, which came from the same situation as the young person themselves. They can actually form quite a good connection with the young person because they they understand each other's struggles. Right. And this is a good way to connect. And and even in youth work with young people, there there's always this power relationship. And that that we as youth workers really try to stay really professional and normally don't want to show our weaknesses. But the chance uh, this also creates the chance that the young people the young person really struggles with opening up and really connecting. Right. Because you. You want to keep it professional, but it also makes it more impersonal. Mm -hmm. So in this way, it's, I think, a good way in in connecting on a common ground with young people. But still, it's something which you have to do step by step and practice, I think, for yourself, but only also for for the young persons, for the young people, just because you cannot throw them in the deep immediately. Mm You cannot expect a young person who is... In, in their own peer groups or in their society or community where they don't share a lot of these personal things or struggles, to expect them to, if you say, well, I also struggled my whole youth with finding my career, then that they, that they will immediately open up. It's something, it's a step-by-step process. And also the other way around, I think uh, you have to also keep in mind, if you have this, if you are a professional working with young people, you also have to take Your professionality in mind as well. So it's no need in saying that you, that you are, cannot connect with people and that you're in the wrong job and these kinds of, if it's true, just Mm -hmm. because they also still expect, at least in the beginning, a a, a lot of this professionality. So I think it's really a step by step process in which you can both take steps closer to each other. Mm -hmm. But it's also something which you have to do cautiously okay and, and i think also yeah mindfully
0: i was talking uh, when anita told me that uh, the the team or the main subject would be vulnerability i was thinking of an expression that i heard the other day it it was called now the vulnerability porn that uh, the oversharing the sharing just for to uh, feel vulnerable so just for the sake of of that with no with no real intention and in connection to the the vulnerable part. uh Have you found that also? And I personally did not really experience
2: this because if I do something with vulnerability, I personally really try to avoid this and really find the meaning why to use it. And also none of other courses where I've been, I found trainers who use it in this way, but I can imagine that in some places. I have heard this expression also before. And I think it's also a trend to really share and to open up. But for me, it's important with all the work I do to really keep in mind, like, uh, what is the motivation? What is the goal which you want to reach with it? Of course. Because uh, also with this personal sharing, you have to be aware that you're cautious with it. You're mindful because if you misuse it or throw people in the deep, you can also yeah, come to traumas or these kinds of things. And I mean, and then you come to the point that you're a youth worker and you're not a psychologist. So you have to be really cautious at how you approach it. And I think uh, if you do this mindfully, you can find a constructive way and, and really reach a certain goal. But you have to be aware of why you want to do it, how you're doing it, and also how the person reacts to it. And also give the chance to, um, yeah, to really digest it for the other one. And and still one thing which is really important for me within uh, using it in training activities or a youth work activity is really a proper debriefing. Mm-hmm. Okay, why did we take certain steps? Well, what is the goal to share it with the other person just to really um, yeah, be cautious with it, not to misuse it.
1: I think at the end it has all to do with the emotional safety. And my question to you is, can we create a setting where it's okay for a young person to share their vulnerability with us, with the other youngsters, and still keep the emotional safety needed to to ensure that, that that this person will be okay. Is this possible?
2: I think it's possible, but it means that you really have to, like in the case of a youth exchange or in a group activity, I think this means that you really have to take the time for team building, finding out to really balance in, in, in the, how the group dynamics works. Right. I mean a lot of the times if I really want to do a training course which goes deep on vulnerability. Yeah, I take just if possible extra day even for team building just to make sure that people really feel this safety. And, and one trust, thing
1: right.
2: Yeah, and a trust because because there can be that people feel the need to share things which are quite deep or which they react emotionally to, but Yeah, I think it's really important as a facilitator of this or as a youth worker using it, that you really prepare a group or a person or or the setting Mm -hmm. in this way. But I think it's possible. Um, The only thing which you need is that that the people there are really open to it. So I think in a way this team building process or at least this longer introduction process can also help distinguish if everybody who is joining the activity or if you're using it in a situation, is willing to go and to use it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, I can see uh, empathy having a big role on vulnerability. But uh, I was thinking also that uh, Bernie Brown relates also a lot vulnerability with courage, that it takes courage to be vulnerable. But that's not the usual conception that people have about vulnerability. What's your experience with using vulnerability? Do 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 you find that people... After being vulnerable, feel more courageous to n- the next situation.
2: Yeah, my personal experience is that if you use it in activities, that people actually feel more empowered afterwards. And um, for instance, once I used it in a training course with youth workers, and um, one of the activities we did was making a mask of your own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So, what are you hiding behind this mask, or what does this mask represent? And the nice thing is that first we make a really creative activity with it, with different materials and glitters and paper and paint and whatever people want to use to really make this mask. And then also to first start sharing in small groups and talk about it. And you see that the first round is still people really take it easily. And... After a while, after the activity is over, you see that people actually then start even sharing things in informal time to the people they didn't talk to in groups, just because they feel comfortable about it Mm -hmm. and open. So yes, in a way, it really links into courage and being courageous, because, uh, yeah, you have to open yourself up, but... um, yeah, I see a lot. Of, one time we did a combined an activity with also having a physical climbing activity afterwards because you also have this physical vulnerability and feeling safe in a situation. So we actually had a, a high climbing activity with a different with a big parkour. And for some people this was more challenging than uh, the emotional sharing or the sharing their vulnerability. And but still after this activity the first one making the mask they felt more courageous even going and climbing and uh even the fighting their fear of heights. So it's funny. It is funny to see that it, the sharing and feeling connected to people can already empower you. And also the pe- the people on the ground cheering the other ones mm-hmm. who were climbing who were even becoming more empowered in their supporting others. So this was really interesting to see.
1: So it's also creating space that allows that give that that allows that people allow themselves to share to be open to accept their own flaws or their own they don't have to be flaws but their own things that i'm not satisfied with in myself for some reason and to share that and to hear feedback and to maybe reframe how i see those things myself
2: yes the, the environment is in that way really really important and sometimes it's also just you can create really small things as well because one time we did an introduction activity on vulnerability which just started out uh, with using clown, clowns noses and then just having a talk about quite normal things, but just the fact that you change something small in the situation already gives that people feel at the moment a little bit uncomfortable, but this is already empowering them a bit because they see that, okay, it's different if you let one person put on a clowns nose in front of the group, but if you have 25 people all with clowns noses, then there's already this connection in vulnerability. Right. even though you're still not speaking about the topic people are, are not emotionally sharing anything just this yeah communal action can already be a first introduction to the topic of vulnerability
1: right 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 so what what would be your advice i always ask this what would be your advice for a youth worker that wants to start tapping into this topic how how can they start from where can, you already gave some examples of activities but um, if I'm just to have a, a group of young people and I want to start using it, what should I do?
2: Well, I can suggest, um, like with uh, uh, earlier activities, to first really start with something something simple to break the ice and really get people a little bit out of the comfort zone, but mm-hmm. just, just really a little bit to to cautiously do it. I really work on uh, team building afterwards mm-hmm. and then also... One thing as a youth worker can be really interesting to do is just first really take a reflective moment about what are actually the things I feel vulnerable about normally and and if if really going into personal things is already a step too far for you, then just start by looking at yourself professionally. Mm-hmm. What are the aspects of my work I feel less comfortable in or I feel difficult to do? And this can already be a first personal introduction for yourself as a youth worker to the, to the topic. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can start even sharing with a team in your organization or in this way, see at what do I struggle with and how can this lead to or what aspect of this is actually empowering or in which situation is it the strength to use it. Right. And I think one, one really helpful tool for this is that you have um, a Dutch model which is from Daniel Mm Hoffman, which is called uh, Core Quadrants or Core Quality Model. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because uh, one way to use the model, it's quite simple to use, but one way to use it is that you find uh, actually something which disrupts you as a person in somebody else's behavior. So really like an allergy. Mm -hmm. If you see this kind of behavior, it really stresses you out or you have problems dealing with it. And this model works in a way that when you go through it, you discover that it's actually more of an aspect in yourself, which leads to this allergy. But also, the model, in a way, gives certain challenges which help you face this thing you're dealing with, this 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 pitfall, this challenge. Okay. Uh, so this is already also a really uh, useful tool, simple tool method, and there's a lot of it written on written online the core patterns model by Daniel Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice way in a team or with a small group to just or personally just to try it out.
0: Uh, I, I have one question is from my experience, it also helps when you have some role models, people that you admire, when you hear, when you hear about their vulnerabilities. Do you, do you, have you tried with examples from, imagine idols from the groups that you work with? And for example, the big movie star that struggled with this, the big football player that struggled with this, and a way to connect uh, an idol that they have a, a role model and their vulnerabilities.
2: I've done it before, but not even. But this is a good idea to really do it with idols. Uh, I've used it before, uh, looking at people's from from uh, popular stories hmm. in a way, really about uh, the like the uh, Joseph Campbell hero's journey idea. And in a lot of popular stories and books and uh, movies, the character uh, has certain challenges always, or has certain things he has to deal with and turn them into some strong aspects. So this is a really interesting way to use something which is outside of people to help them reflect on themselves. This is one thing. And I have done uh, an activity before which focuses on uh, your personal superhero, the superhero you would like to be. And then a lot of the times actually making a mask of it or reenacting this superhero and then reflecting on what aspect of this superhero is the thing I treasure or would like to have is already an interesting starting point to, to see what in this you already have yourself or why did you choose this characteristic.
1: Right. So from what I understand, um, this, this tackling vulnerability with young people is not so much about a special technique or a method, a game uh, an exercise. You can use different ones. I, you mentioned a few already. Making a mask of your vulnerability or other things to bring these things up. But it's more of an attitude, right? It's more of a the way you stand in front of the group and the space that you give for young people to share this with each other in a safe, in a safely manner. I, I, did I got it right?
2: Yeah, I think I think you got it really right because for me, vulnerability is really. Uh, working with vulnerability really has to do with your attitude and a certain approach to these things. Um I, I always tell this when people ask me what, when I use the topic of vulnerability with a training course and uh, why do I choose it? And I say, well, I'm just making it uh, or highlighting it because like for every youth exchange or every activity in, when, in which a group of young people for the first time start working together or a youth worker, there's always this putting yourself in a vulnerable place. In a way, every training course or youth exchange is working on vulnerability because you go to a new place with new people in this way. And it's really just focused on which attitude do I have to this certain situation. And in a way, after you have this attitude or this approach, you can fit almost almost every activity to the topic and use it. The only thing is really that you're aware of the Topical vulnerability and this authenticity aspect during the activity and working on a good debriefing. This is what, for me, highlights vulnerability in certain activities. And in a way, it doesn't matter if you have a physical climbing activity. This can be really about vulnerability or even an activity in complete silence or guiding each other with a blindfold. Uh, in In a way, a lot of the normal team building exercises or activities which you use with young people are already about vulnerability just not explicitly. Right. And this is from the difference that your approach or your attitude towards it that you explicitly put working on vulnerability as a goal of the ex- of the exercise or the activity or the situation. Sure. And that's how you can work with it.
1: And what would be your advices on what not to do as a youth worker trying to tackle this subject? What should I avoid doing?
2: Well, personally, I would say what I would always avoid as a youth worker is really throwing uh, young people in deep or really in the panic zone. Mm-hmm. So saying, okay, now we're going to share things with each other and you, you, you put them there without proper introduction to why you're doing it or without proper uh, trust-building, team-building activities. Mm-hmm. This is something you should avoid because otherwise people will resent it Mm-hmm. You have the chance that people will actually really almost try to sabotage it because they feel comfortable and their only re- reaction is to to just give resistance to it. Sure. There's a way that they can be some young people can become really uninterested, which is also maybe not a problem for them, but for others who did share things or who want to share things that really breaks, breaks the trust or they feel really judged. Mm-hmm. So I would say to be really aware of the topic you're using, using. And, uh yeah, one other thing would be also to really, when you work with it, really also describe that people can choose their own level of deepness, how deep they want to go. If they have the idea that going onto personal emotions is too deep, then maybe they can find a work situation or something or find a group or a pair in which people just want to talk on this level, but really where they feel at ease sharing what they want to share and not to force them to really open up and also to stay really clear away in this case from traumas and too big uh, emotions which you as a youth worker cannot handle. I think uh, for me one really important thing in youth work is that you respect that you're a youth worker which can support and can help but you're not a therapist. In a way, you're not a psychologist. So um, yeah, n- not to break other people. This is never a goal. That to throw them so much in the deep that they cannot reach the shore anymore.
0: Right. Uh, I, I was thinking uh, when you were talking about the one side of vulnerability that I can see now is that the the failure to, to be seen as someone who's failing or maybe sometimes I will share something and feel like it missed the spot. And yeah. uh, do you um, make people aware before that not always it will go right. Uh, Even when you're vulnerable, Or you have to allow yourself to fail. Do Do you point them to that?
2: Yeah, I always try to include this at least in introduction when I'm working with people who are not really used to working with the topic, if it's colleagues or youth workers or youth, but just to really introduce it. And what I also find always important with the topic of vulnerability is that a lot of people have the idea that it makes them weaker or more susceptible to certain attacks but in a way it's just if you're sharing things or not you're always as a person vulnerable it doesn't make you more vulnerable sharing things in a way it makes you stronger so yeah there is and and, but there are always moments even if you're aware of your vulnerability or not in which there will be failure well then you can question what comes out of it or is it a good or bad thing I personally think failure is really interesting and only leads to creativity, to new things. But yes, it will not always have. Uh, let's let's put it like this: it will not always have the desired outcome. And this is something which we can you you can at least make them aware of in advance. In advance.
1: This is a question now that uh, our previous guest left for, in this case, you as our next guest. And actually, it's an interesting question because it has to do with this. Um, preparing activities for young people, preparing these moments of learning that as youth workers, as educators, we constantly do as designers of of learning experiences. Uh, The question was, how do you ensure or how do you promote the engagement of young people in these learning activities? How do you make them passionate? Yeah, full engagement, really passionate about learning with you on that moment. What's your take on that?
2: Well, for me personally, I think one of the most important things has to do with ownership for young people, that they have ownership over their activity mm. and that they have actually a chance to really put their the things they like or they find interesting into an activity. So really ask them for, for inputs for the beginning and really help them set a certain space for an activity mm. or what they want to have an activity about. For me, this is uh, one of the most important things. And since I also do some work with even uh, yeah, like elementary or primary school um, children, there you see it, that there you can see it really clearly. That the, what makes them really interested if they feel that they are contributing, that they are part of why an activity went well and that they have actually influence on the activity. So this is for me really important because I don't really believe that only setting up activities for young people will really make them passionate. Mm-hmm. But if you have a chance, to involve them in the in the process, maybe even already in the planning mm-hmm. of an activity in advance, that this is the thing which creates the most, yeah, the most interaction with them, the most that they feel passionate about it is really this this sense of ownership.
1: Great. And what would be your question, Julie, for our next guest? <laughs>
2: so my question would be, how or in what what was the situation in which a young person you worked with or a group of young persons really surprised you the most, really gave you a sense of wonder about what you saw there?
1: Okay, a surprising situation with young people.
0: Yeah, wonder.
1: Mm. Wonder,
2: a sense of wonder sense or something which really surprised you, Some, something which you could not have expected before. Yeah. I'm, I'm re- always looking for these kinds of uh, unexpected situations.
1: <laughs> I think that's a very nice, nice question for our next guest, whoever he or she will be. Okay, Thank you so much for your sharing with us. It was lovely to to hear about you and about your story as well. And I think uh, it will inspire a lot of youth workers to tackle into this topic. Uh, we will share the links to the Brene Brown um, TED Talk that you mentioned and also yeah. to the uh, core uh, qualities model from Hoffman. So yeah. that if youth workers are interested in using it.
0: Yeah, I think that's nice.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you Thank very, you very much. much for having me.
1: <laughs> and see you around.
0: And that concludes episode number 8 of the Talking Usework podcast. It's been a great journey so far. Hope to see you next time. This podcast is funded by the Erasmus Plus UseWatch program, powered by Tim Maes and the editorial board of UMAC University of Applied Sciences, Kari Keuro, Jarmu Roxa and Kristina Vesama, with the support of all the Future Labs partners.